0: Here we go, episode fifty-seven of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo, along with John Michael massiri and what a night it is! What a day it was! Good vibes over here, JM. How you doing today? I already know how you're doing, but how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm in shock. Can't believe this actually happened. And what a week of sports we're getting. We've already gotten, and we're gonna keep getting. I mean. And uh, tournaments are starting, right? March Madness. We got LBs finally back in in play here, and we're going to have free agency there, and then the NFL free agency starting. So what became – what was depression is now becoming uh, a happy time.
0: Baseball is about to go crazy with the frenzy of moves before spring training and really the start of the season. There's so many players unsigned. Like you said, you have March Madness starting up next month, uh, next week. You've had, you know, the conference tournaments all week week this week. NBA's winding down. There's some cool storylines there. And of course the NFL never sleeps and we're, you know, we've had massive, massive trades, which we will get to in a little bit. Um, But we have to start with baseball. Uh, We have to start with the major league baseball and the players association coming to an agreement on a new CBA. It was ugly. It was dirty. It was embarrassing for the sport, but the long national nightmare is over.
1: It is over. Um, they are probably going to save some face now. Uh, I think that was just about the last point they were going to be because then they were going to start losing games, and, and we're, we're going to get 162 games in now. So, uh, yeah, it, it definitely was a horrible 99 days. Uh, especially the past ten to twenty, right? A uh, lot of oh, we're so close. Never mind. Setback, new problem, right? International draft, CBT, whatever was giving us a problem. Uh, but finally, cooler heads prevailed somewhat. I mean, there wasn't a unanimous decision, uh, but we got it done.
0: When we when we spoke, me and you spoke yesterday on the phone. I said. I don't like, I can't envision it. I I don't know what it looks like when they actually come to an agreement. What happens? What's the procedure? What's the tweet going to look like? And just when is it going to be? And what's the deal going to look like? And it finally happened today after about an hour of just refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds to see what was going on. Updates kept coming in, updates coming in, and there was a point where it looked like it was a surefire thing to right before the announcement came, it felt like, oh my god, they're going to reject this because of the eight players on the executive committee of the Players Association, including Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, and uh, Marcus Simeon, and other guys, they all rejected it, but 26 out of the 30 teams did accept it, It goes through. Thank the Lords.
1: Right. It it looked like another, here we go again. Um, Because first it looked good. Uh, They were saying they were getting really close. Players were tweeting. I am yard line. Right. Yeah. They said they're on the two yard line. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, hold up. I'm not so sure if we're there yet. And it's like, well, here we go again. We thought we were about to be there, but we're going backwards again. But. Uh, somehow, by the grace of God, uh, we got through it, and now we're supposed to be entering. We're not supposed to. We are entering uh, a crazy part in the MLB offseason, one that we we have never seen before. Right? We still have premier free agents who are going to get average annual values of over $30 million. Uh, they're still not signed, and they need to be signed soon because spring training, the first spring training game, is a week from now. So. They got to get cracking. We're less than a month away from opening day. Um, and nobody wants to see Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, et cetera, still out there looking for a team to play for. And we're already playing baseball in April. So that's, that's not going to happen. There may be some guys who make it to the regular season that still aren't signed, but for the most part, the big name guys, they're going to be signed.
0: April 7th is the new opening day. It's pushed back one week because, you know, they did not come to an agreement, um, really on time, but again, a full 162 um, the first series of the year or whatever game that was missed in the first week, a three game series is added to the back end of the schedule and the other three games are going to be made up um, with doubleheaders and things like that. So we're not missing a single game. There are obviously new rules. It's going to be a 12 team playoff. There's going to be um, a no banning uh, the shift that comes 2023. Larger bases, that's 2023. Uh, pitch clock, that's also 2023. But this year, we get the no uh, universal DH, no more seven-inning doubleheaders, and no more runner on second base to start the extra innings. Thank the Lord. We have real baseball now. And I'm happy now with the universal DH as well.
1: Yeah, I was a big fan of that happening, right? Uh, we. I'm not one, one fan of seeing... Pitchers go out there and batting 120, and once in a while you see a home run and everything like it's that. It's fun. Um, I like the fact that there's uh, symmetry now with both leagues, right? Same rules in either league. Uh, the whole banning shifts, I think that's going to be really interesting. I mean, I know it's not going into effect this year. It's going to be the season after, but that's a really big change. I mean, we need to see exactly what they mean by that, is that, you know, you can't have your feet uh, – outside the infield, as an infielder, does it mean you can be, but you just have to have two infielders on each side of the bags, right? We don't know exactly what the terms of it are. Um, no, no. But I, I was reading an article in The Athletic the other day, just curious uh, about Joey Gallo, a guy who's basically shifted uh, – the defense has shifted for – basically the most in the MLB. I mean, I looked at it. He was in the top five. I think Jaiver Candelario the Tigers was number one last year, but he's always... I thought Jose you know,
0: Ramirez was number one.
1: Really, uh, no, nah, I saw it. It was Candelario. I didn't see Jose Ramirez's name, but uh, yeah. I Galvez thought I saw Jose was in top, top five. In the top five for that. But they said that his batting average, when not shifted against, was like 60 points higher. Oh. um, They also have a measured... Oh, I'm sorry. I think I might be getting it confused with hits taken away. I think Candelario had the most hits taken away because of the shift last year. He had had like 20 hits taken away or something crazy like that. Um, And that's with how many hits he got going against the shift too. So negative negative twenty when you add that all up. Um, It's going to be interesting, right? 15 hits for Joey Gallo. That's how many he had taken away. That's a really big deal. That may not sound like a lot, when you think about it? That is like a 60 point difference, a 50 point difference, something like that. You know, you go from 185 hit season to a 200 hit season that makes a big difference in your batting average. So it's going to be really interesting, right?
0: My only thing is that, and I'd like to find this out. And obviously we're going to learn more about it as you know, time goes on, especially when it gets implemented next season is that, How long were they shifting for? Have they been doing a shift for hundreds of years? Because I'm a person that wants to try and preserve the history and be able to have the numbers really match up and try and compare them as best as possible to to other eras and not just going back 100 years I'm talking about going back even 10 to 20 years. Is it the same? Because if they were shifting back then and now we're not, Number And I know there's so many differences in the game, but the numbers are still skewed.
1: Right. I mean, I think there might've been some shifting going on. Um, maybe. But you look at the numbers from t- in 2013, right? 6,882 shifts took place across the league over 162 game season. In 2021, 59,062 shifts took place. So that's, you know, more than almost 10 times the amount of shifts happen in less than a ten-year difference. So, uh, it it's been increasing year after year. The only year it didn't increase was from twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen. But, you know, if you go from six thousand to sixty thousand in, in an eight-year span. Uh, it it's, it was just going to keep going up and up. And especially recently, it was going up. Um, it was an adopted philosophy that a lot of teams were were getting used to, and it was really starting to change the game. So now it's going to be uh, really interesting to see the way that that kind of reverses, right? What guys who are trying to adapt their game because of the shift, now when they try to go back to their old ways, will they get there? Will they be caught in limbo, right? They won't really have an identity as a hitter. They'll, they'll, it'll be hard for them to revert back to their old swing or their old approaches. Maybe some guys who came up during this this time last year, the year before, when shifts were going heavy, maybe now they break out or they they do the opposite. They slow. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I do think it will generally increase offense around the league,
0: though. And I think that's the the most important part here, and that's their goal is that they want more balls in play, they want more excitement throughout the game, and I think that is a plus, which is why I've been so if I've been so iffy on it. But I think at the end of the day, if you're able to enforce it without without having too many issues, then I think it'll work and and it'll do the job that Major League Baseball wants to do. Baseball's more exciting when the ball's in play. So I think this will end up being a good thing. The pitch clock is a little – I have a little bit of an issue. I got to go back and watch and and, kind of time it and see if they're going to be rushed, if the pitchers are going to feel rushed, Is it also, I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Is it when they catch the ball or is it when they tow the rubber?
1: Right. I'm not sure.
0: It's got to be when they tow the rubber, right? We've
1: been talking about a pitch clock for years now, and it was implemented, but not the way we thought it was.
0: Right. right. It's, it's, it's gotta be the, it's gotta be 14
1: seconds. The amount of times I'd be at a game and you look up at that clock and it'd be at zeros and nothing would happen. Are they going to strictly enforce it now? Who knows?
0: I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for the 12-team playoff, which um, the format will be uh, the first two teams, uh, division winners, the two best division winners in each league will get a first-round bye. They'll automatically go to the divisional round, and then the last four. So the last division winner and then three wild card teams will play each other in a best-of-three series, the team with the better record or, you know, yes, the team with the better record will host the game, the division winner and the team with the better record. Sorry. All games in their parks, three game set. And then the winner goes, the winner of those series goes on to a normal five, five game divisional round.
1: Yeah. Um, baseball is even harder to to the NCAA world series. Yeah. Um,
0: it was already but- very difficult
1: but it's going to provide some entertainment. Um, I am happy that it is a three game series, right? It's not a five or a seven game series. Uh, I think when we look at sports like the NBA, they do best of seven in four rounds. I mean, that's just way too long. The The, the postseason last about two months. Um, so I'm glad to see it's like that. I'm also glad to see that, like you said, three games at home, right? No road, no, uh, home games for the lower seed. I like that a lot. It's just like a normal series. I think that team should have that advantage. The, the yes. higher. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am excited for the new changes uh, for the playoffs. Do I wish that it was still the same way? Probably, but I'm open to this change. This isn't uh, this is just another team in each league, right? This isn't uh, a 14 team playoff that we were, Really hoping that wouldn't happen, and thank God that it didn't. Uh, and it's going to be really <clears throat> sorry. It's going to be really interesting to see those teams that are just on the bubble that finally make it if they can make a little noise, like your Seattle Mariners of last year slash Blue Jays. Right, one of those teams gets in. Who knows what happens? They get hot, right? Uh, now it's going to open even even a bigger opportunity for a team like the Mets to make it. Um, we hope we're winning our reform- division
0: this year. Mm-hmm. Hope, Listen, hope to get. That if you division. guys
1: spend the money, if you guys spend some more money, I, I think you got a really nice shot at that.
0: Let's we'll talk about that very quickly. Obviously, free agency is going to be a frenzy that we've never seen before. And there's already buzz about Freddie Freeman right now, possibly, um, you know, the Dodgers have serious interest. The Yankees have serious interest. And of course, the Atlanta Braves are interested in bringing him back. They offered him a contract. Before the lockout, it didn't go as they thought. Um, he's seeking another year and a couple of more dollars. But, you know, you've got teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers involved. The Braves made a big mistake not just giving him really what he wanted because you got two powerhouses that are in need. I mean, I don't really know if the, the Dodgers are in need, but they'll add to their already incredible lineup. And I, and I saw something the other day. Um, him I saw their lineup with him in it it's it's unbelievable how scary they are and you add him you know to Yankee Stadium that's also you know a huge advantage for them so it's going to be interesting to see apparently Freddie Freeman will be the first big star to go off the board
1: yeah um, it really does seem like he's going to be out of Atlanta which is crazy because if we said that at the beginning of the offseason that would be considered crazy um you know a guy who has been on the Braves forever right and he finally got that world series and the Braves have the money right they're not in in there's no cap uh there's no cap in baseball but they're not in cap hell kind of a thing right they're not pressed up against the luxury tax
0: they got uh, money
1: but they don't doesn't really seem like they're pushing to keep him so hopefully they don't know something that everybody else uh hopefully they know They don't know something that everybody doesn't know. Um, Freddie Freeman might be in a different uniform, and that's going to be really weird to get used to. I hope it's a Yankee uniform. Uh, I've said many times on this show, I believe, how much I love Freddie Freeman. But, you know, this is a guy who is a premium bat that doesn't hit the market much. Uh, An MVP, right? He's been a top 10 hitter in the NL the past couple years. And he's not that old, especially for a first baseman. He's in his early 30s.
0: He's not that old. His bat will play well in that stadium. And he's not asking for an incredible amount of money. Not at all. He's asking for about six years, $180 million in that range, give or take 10 million dollars, the um up or down. That's not a lot of money at all. And if if I'm the Yankees, you know, you know how I feel. I would make the move. I'm also slightly biased toward that because I do want him out of the National League East and out of the National League. But it makes it makes too much sense, but I, I could also see the Dodgers saying, "We lose Scherzer, we have this money to spend." I don't think they're going to go after Cray, although their name has been their you know, that's been brought up. I think this it makes sense for both teams here.
1: does too. I mean, you have the Dodgers have incredible flexibility for a team that has all these contracts and star players. Uh, but Max Muncie being able to move around is a, yeah. a huge plus for them. Yep. I mean, think about all the the incredible left-handed bats that could be in that lineup if Freddie Freeman does sign there. It's scary to think about. you got Muncy and Freeman, and then if Cody Bellinger returns to the form that we're used to seeing, that could be incredibly scary. And then we're not even talking about the right-handed hitters like Trey Turner and Mookie Betts, and then you have Chris Taylor who they brought back who had a really nice season for them last year.
0: Along Justin with Turner.
1: Justin Turner, right? Will Smith, like that is
0: – Will Smith.
1: That is Gavin really
0: Lux. very scary. Gavin Lux is – what, is he 22, 23 years and old? Gavin
1: Lux hasn't panned out for them the way they wanted him to be so far, but he doesn't even have to. He's just got to be solid. I wonder Lux if they're was... going to be in play for anybody like uh, a Schwarber or a Rizzo. I don't think they would get Rizzo to, to move – Muncy to second, right? I think they would need Freeman or a Matt Olsen. I don't know if they're interested in trading for Matt Olson, but. Right. I think it would take a talent like that. If not, if they lose out on Freeman, I could see them throwing their hat in the ring for Trevor Story or Carlos Curry. It would be, it, it
0: makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't because they did trade for Trey Turner. They did have him playing second base when Corey Seager was back and healthy. Do you want to do that again? Do you want Trey Turner to be your second baseman?
1: They did also they let it, Seager walk.
0: Knowing they have Trey Turner. Right. And, it, and then it becomes, who do you prefer? They Listen, they went at Corey Seager. It's not like they just, I mean, they, let, I, they didn't just let him walk. I shouldn't say that. They, they offered him a contract. They offered him an eight-year contract. He's got more money in Texas, so he goes there. So maybe they are in the market for a shortstop. I didn't even think that they were going to offer him a contract. I thought they were just going to let Corey Seeger walk and they they'll figure out second base as they go along and they have Trey Turner there for you know the next few years and ultimately sign into an extension after this year. But they went after they went after Seager. Maybe their their plan is to go after Correa.
1: It's crazy to think that they're still in in play for guys like this after all the trades and contracts that they've given out over
0: the years. And they have to they have to make a decision on Clayton Kershaw. I expect him to be back. They're going to have um, Kenley Jansen. Do they bring Kenley Jansen back? So they got big moves to make. They didn't do anything before the deadline. Uh, before that, um, I, should, I say deadline. It is a deadline, but yeah. I should say lockout. They didn't do anything before the lockout. They didn't know the situation with the luxury tax.
1: I mean, so, they got uh, talent all over. I mean, there's not a weakness on that team. You think about the rotation, right? We're talking about Walker, uh, talk about Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, who had a great year last year. Scherzer's leaving, right? Who knows what the hell is going on with Trevor Bauer? Kershaw, they're expected to bring back. And then Dustin May, who was having a phenomenal season for them last year, unfortunately missed the rest of the year. He should be back at some point this year, hopefully. Um, and he was he he was Dustin May was a gigantic prospect who was projected yep, yep. to be a frontline starter, and he was playing like it last year too. And then, like him, I mean Jesus.
0: Like him or hate him, Trevor Bauer will be back this year. Um, he was pitching very well for them before he um had his little issue, and where he was suspended for the rest of the or not suspended, he was away from the team for the rest of the year. So. Bauer, in my opinion, adds a whole nother level to this. I don't know if they ultimately go all in on bringing back Kershaw. I think they they, they should be the front runners. But it wouldn't shock me if he went somewhere else like Texas. Texas has been brought up a lot with him. So it would not shock me at all. But they have Trevor Bauer coming back, and they feel good about him. They have to. They have to be feeling good about him. They're also about to pay him $40 million a year, so I would hope so. I'd
1: hope so, too, if I would, should out that much
0: money. And who, and who else is there? Chris Bryant? Kyle yeah, Schwarber? Chris on
1: the market. Kyle Schwarber's on the market. Uh, Michael Conforto is.
0: Yeah, future Yankee, Michael Conforto. That, that has a nice ring to it. I
1: don't know about that. That Center... confuses the hell out of
0: me. Center fielder, Michael Conforto. No, no. I
1: mean, listen, Conforto's a good defender he's, in right field. I don't know about center field. No, nah, he's
0: um, – it wouldn't work in center. They. It's interesting, the lefty and, and the lefty, you know, a little short porch and right, just doesn't I – I can't put two and two together with that, that the Yankees are interested in him when they're needing the outfield as a center fielder.
1: Right. And what kind doesn't of contract does Michael Conforto get either? Does he get a one-year deal or does he get a – a, f- a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. Well, it's weird
0: because is- if he wanted the one-year deal, he had eighteen million dollars on the table from the Mets. Yeah. So why would he decline that? And then, then he doesn't get signed before the lockout, and now he's in a tough situation. I
1: don't know if I would sign a long-term deal. I probably wouldn't. I think if it came at the right price, I would sign it. Right. Um, if you what's can the, get what's him- the
0: right price for him.
1: I think if you can get him for under $20 million in a, in a multi-year deal, that's pretty good. If you get him at six years, 90 to $100 million, that's a really nice deal. But I don't think he's going to take
0: that. You, have to, you also have to remember Scott Boris is his agent.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So he'll be able to get him a little more anyway. And, and I keep forgetting that Scott Boris now represents Carlos Correa as well.
1: But who knows what their market looks like, what any of these guys' markets looks like. Looks like, I mean, we Im- I imagine that they had these discussions even when the lockout was going on. I know they really weren't supposed to, but, you know, people still find ways. Um, a little tampering that, going on. I imagine that all these front offices have talked and made a plan um, for exactly what they're going to do once that lockout is over. And what deals are going to offer guys and what they've heard of what other teams are going to offer and what trades they want to make, what they want to give up, right? Well, they were allowed to talk to each other in the front office. Yeah. You're talking about within the team. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're saying they were probably talking to agents and they're probably talking to.
1: Well, I'm saying right. I think I think did Freddie Freeman and the New York Yankees, was he sitting down having dinner with Brian Cashman over the lockout? No. Was there maybe some indirect contact going on or some word of mouth? Probably.
0: Was his agent's friend having dinner with Brian Cashman? Maybe. Right. Who knows? Was Freddie Freeman's uh, best friend at Brian Cashman's house over the winter? Uh, We don't know. Yeah. I also think these trades, it's going to be – it's funny that no deal happened tonight. I thought we were going to see a few things happen tonight just because of, you know, they were definitely talking. And maybe MLB said, don't announce anything tonight, announce tomorrow. So it doesn't look like you guys were tampering and, you know, talking, not, I shouldn't say tampering, but breaking the rules and speaking during the lockout. I think you're going to see a bunch of trades happen really early.
1: I think Saturday is going to be like the day.
0: You think Saturday's the day, not tomorrow? You I don't think, think anything comes tomorrow?
1: I think there'll be some stuff, but I think like the real part of it will be on Saturday. Really I
0: seriously can't believe we're at this point. Like, I cannot believe we're at a point where we are starting baseball. April it Saturday.
1: certainly didn't seem like we were going to be at this point as of Wednesday, yesterday.
0: No. Um, Yankees, Red Sox, first game. <laughs> I think of that day, one o'clock at the yep. stadium. You I going? I
1: think it's a, uh, It didn't pop up. I don't know if it's sold out. But I'm sure no, Yankee Red Sox is always expensive, and then opening that on top of that, I'm sure it's not going to be no, it's not going to be a, a cheap field trip. So I don't know about
0: it, that. Nothing's up yet. I wouldn't. Uh, what do you call it? Keep looking. I was looking for tickets in Washington, and they're not up yet.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, keep getting is Twitter there anything else we missed? What? Keep getting Twitter notifications and hoping that it's some player signing, but.
0: Unfortunately, Nothing. is there anything else we missed the CBT threshold? They, you know, the owners definitely moved um, in, in the players favor. They, they, they moved in the players favor a lot. And obviously you want to talk about issues that the owners threw in late to maybe make it seem like the players were the bad guys, but if they did not accept that last offer and that, and that was rejected a, we don't know if we're sitting here right now talking about, you know, a deal happening and, and players being signed, and B, the full blame would have been put on the players at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a real expectation that we weren't getting baseball till May. I really was. Yeah, like I was, I was convinced. I convinced myself that at least May first, probably May fifteenth, was when we would get baseball finally. It,
0: and it was clear that the owners. Listen, the owners made a ton of concessions and so did the players. The players, you know, especially early on this had to drop, you know, a few things that they were really looking for looking for in the CBA. But the player, but the owners money wise moved in the players direction. And that's what I think I'm the most surprised about. Almost, you know, $20 million more on the CBT, you know, a pre arbitration pool that was never there. The players got them to get the $50 million on that after they first offered five. I mean, it is pretty crazy how they had moved 600,000 for the minimum up to 700,000. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about billionaires that have a ton of money and that this really doesn't mean much to them. It's a couple million dollars, you know, here and there, but they're stubborn. And, it, and when we thought that they didn't want April well, they did one April. They they stepped up. I have to say, I give them credit. And I th- I think the players did well on this deal.
1: Yeah, um, I do think though that um, the owners, you know, when you were talking about in the beginning of their negotiations, how much they moved, right? They offered five million. Now they ended up at fifty million. Probably was a negotiation tactic, right? They they were really their starting point was like twenty twenty five million. They just said five because they wanted. To think the players that's where they were starting from, so they'd end up getting cheaper than what they wanted. Um, and you know, we saw that that type of manipulation and negotiating tactics and stuff like that all throughout, where they would make it seem like we were just hung up on one thing, uh, and then if that got resolved, that a deal would be done, but that wasn't always the case, right? There were still multiple issues that had to be worried. I didn't even hear about this international draft until the past couple of days. It never really was a topic. Um, It's still not solved, but um, it will be solved in a couple of months by July or whatever the deadline is for that. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of this had to do with just negotiation skills and tactics and and whatnot.
0: I read today that um, Bruce Meyer and Tony Clark most likely are going to be voted out. Wow. Of their positions. Not good. Not, Not good,
1: good
0: at all. Well, they haven't done a good job in the past. They haven't done a good job. I, I mean, if they were the ones that said to the, if that was the recommendation to the, you know, the sub, the, the committee, the executive committee on the players side, are you kidding me? You almost botched the deal. You almost botched a very good deal for the players. Thank the Lord. I'm just, I'm so thankful that they finally got this done with everything going on in the world. We're finally, you know, look like we're out of a pandemic. This feels good. And on top of it, we got, I, I sent before the broadcasters. They're back on the road, which is a huge deal. Huge deal.
1: Definitely.
0: I heard John Sterling today on the radio. He's uh, you know, he's interesting cat. He's on the, I didn't even know he
1: was on the radio.
0: No, he just you know did an interview quick. Okay.
1: All what right.
0: Um he it was before the lockout was over and he was just talking about how, you know, what was going on and that the Yankees need to do so much when they're out of it and things like that. And how he likes he likes the uh, pace of play. Um he wants more of a pace of play and he likes the new rule changes. Which I'm surprised about honestly.
1: Good for John.
0: Good for John is right. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we've got some NFL. We have some massive trades, four major trades in the NFL we got to get to. But first, a little break.
1: The S D Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you
0: can reach us at sndpodcasts at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. Episode 57 of the Hardline Sports Talk. Michael Merlo and John Michael Masseri here with you. Little NFL news because not really little NFL news, huge NFL news. Um, Little NFL topic here, though. Uh, It is March, but the NFL never stops. They never stop. They always own the news cycle, no matter what month it is. There's always something breaking in the NFL. And over the last couple of days, we've had massive trades happen. The first one we do want to talk about is the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, The the Broncos send over Shelby Miller, uh, defensive lineman. Did I say that right?
1: Shelby Harris.
0: Shelby Harris, Shelby Miller, pitcher.
1: Shelby Miller is the pitcher for the Diamondbacks. It was horrible, yeah.
0: Traded for Danzig Swanson, yes. So we had Shelby Harris, we had Drew Locke, we had Noah Fant, two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson and a fourth rounder. The Bronco. What do you, first of all, what do you think of this trade for both sides? Who wins the trade?
1: I, I don't think it's crazy to say that it's a win for both sides. Um, I think the Broncos are in a position where they could give up that draft capital. I think they've, they've got a really good defense there. Uh, they've got some nice weapons for Russell Wilson. The offensive line is solid. Uh, I, I think it's a solid roster around Russ that, that he should be able to succeed with. Uh, do I want to start talking Super Bowl about them? I don't think they're at that point. Right. I think Matt Stafford was going into a much better situation than Russell Wilson was uh, right. when talk about quarterbacks getting traded. I mean, Matt Stafford was given a, a Super Bowl-caliber roster right away. Um, I don't think the Broncos are at that point. And I think the Seahawks, I think it was – I'm still shocked that he got traded, but I think it was getting to that time where it was – they really had to, to rebuild. I think it is that time already. Um, now, could that have been done without Russell Wolf- – with Russell Wilson still there? possibly it would be a little bit more difficult, right? They wouldn't have all the picks that they have right now, and they were already losing picks uh, because of the Jamal Adams trade and some other moves that they made. Uh, So, yeah, I think both sides did a pretty solid job. You get two first-round picks. You get a really good young player and no fan. Who knows what there is to expect out of uh, Drew Locke.
0: Drew Locke.
1: Shelby Harris is just a throw-in, right? He's 30, 31 years old, solid defensive player, but – you know nothing that uh, is gonna knocking be, your socks uh, off. Sell, sell you a bunch of jerseys in the team store, um, but You're yeah, lock-lock. I mean, like I said, the Seahawks—they're gonna have to really do some some tear that they're already doing now, right? Bobby Wagner was released. Uh, there's been rumors of DK Metcalf being on the move. There goes the AirPod for Merlo. Um, Third time. And the Broncos. I mean, first of all. If you're an AFC West fan of any team, this is just getting ridiculous at this point. An arms race. Um, I mean, Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that division, and you can make an argument that Derek Carr is the top-ten quarterback in the NFL. Um, <laughs> the AFC, after that, if you're just an AFC fan, you got yeah. those four guys, right, with all yep. possibly top-ten quarterbacks, and then you add – the guy who just went to the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, um, Josh Allen, who's probably going to win an MVP pretty soon. Uh, even, you know, Tannehill's a solid quarterback. Back Jones, who's who knows what he's going to be. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody important right now. Burrow, Lamar. I don't think
0: you are. I just I would throw in the Colts have a Watson, fantastic roster.
1: Possibly, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I said it to you on the phone the other day. The AFC is literally capable of having 10 teams that win 10 games. I don't know yep. what the mathematical chances of that are and, and whatnot, but they got a lot of really good teams in the AFC. Now.
0: And the NFC is, you know, the complete opposite. I mean, we I was doing it tonight trying to name seven teams better than the Minnesota Vikings, and it's pretty difficult. Right. That's just – it shows you the level of competition. Uh, apparently, uh, the Washington Commanders, you know, Washington football team, they offered three first round picks for Russell Wilson. He was not going to waive his no trade clause. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles were interested in Russell Wilson. He was not going to waive his no trade clause to go there. He waives his no, clo- no trade clause, excuse me, to go to Denver, a very ready made roster. Um and I do want to say this, but I forgot I brought it up the last three days and now I'm well, blanking on I'll, it.
1: I'll let you think about that. Um, yeah, go. I get that this just proves that when guys are going to get traded to places, uh, I mean, it depends what, what their are in their career. I mean, I don't think Russell Wilson needs to prove as much as some other guys do. He already has two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl ring, probably should have had a second one. We all know what happened in that New England game. Yep. Um, It shows that you know, Russell Wilson's got a family. He's got a wife. I think he has a kid, right?
0: Yeah, I think so, too.
1: Um, it's more about – it's not all about, you know, what team do I want to play for, you know, who has the best roster. Because if it was just who has the best roster, I think he would want to play for Philadelphia. I mean, you have a roster that made it to the postseason last year, three first-round picks in this year's draft alone – Um, you got to stop wearing that. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It's falling out again. Um, Um, you know, there are some weapons that need to be addressed, but Russell Wilson has been dealing with the crappy old line his entire NFL career and the Eagles have just about the best one in the NFL. So that would be really appealing for him.
0: Yeah, it would be appealing for him, but I kind of feel like the roster overall, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, the weapons the Broncos are a better team.
1: Maybe the Eagles did overachieve a little bit last year. Um, but also I think the path to the postseason and the path to a Super Bowl is much easier in the NFC than it is in the AFC. I mean, oh, yeah, especially in this division. You Yeah, exactly. You got to get through those three teams to win your division. And if you don't win your division, then you got to play in the wild card. And then you're going up against teams like Buffalo and Cincinnati and Baltimore is expected to be back there next year. And who knows how good Tennessee is going to be again. And, and obviously Kansas City. So there's a lot of good teams there in the NFC, uh in the AFC. And when you go over to the NFC side, you know, the Cowboys were still trying to figure them out, right? They'll have some good regular seasons, but it doesn't really seem like they're a team that can play well into the postseason. Uh the Buccaneers, Tom Brady's gone. You got Kyle Trask as their quarterback as of right now. So who knows what's gonna happen with them?
0: That sounds like fun.
1: Um I mean, obviously, you have the Super Bowl defending Los Angeles Rams, but there's a lot of question marks around some other teams. So I would rather be in the NFC than in the AFC. But, again, I think it comes down to more than just where do I have the best chance to win, who has the better roster, and it's more about how close am I to home, what's the weather like, where do I want to send my kid to school, This, you know.
0: Family decisions. Yeah. You know, it's, what's interesting – as you know, we look back in history. The past couple of seasons, you have Tom Brady who comes over and signs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, a ready-made roster looking for a quarterback, quarterback to take them over the edge. They won the Super Bowl. Then you have this year, same situation. A team needed a quarterback. They go out, they make a big-time move to go get Matt Stafford, and look what they do. They win the Super Bowl. Can this be replicated? Dan Russell Wilson? get traded to a spot that was seriously ready-made, that is ready to go win a Super Bowl. I think the only thing holding me back from saying that is that this division is really difficult. And like you said and like you outlined, the AFC overall is just so difficult.
1: Right. Um, You also add in the fact that Russell Wilson is probably going to have to be learning a new system now, then with Nathaniel Hackett as a new head coach in Denver. Um. It's really crazy that Broncos fans went from wanting Aaron Rodgers to losing out on him and then getting Russell Wilson just about two hours later.
0: Well, apparently they were never – they didn't engage – they weren't engaged with the Packers when this happened. They had been engaged with um, the Seahawks, the Broncos were, for two weeks.
1: And it seemed like that was maybe more of a media-driven thing. Yes, wanting to leave and wanting to go to Denver, right? It just seemed to really make sense. And and the media drove up that story a lot. But uh, I'm sure the team doesn't look at it like that. Like they lost out on Aaron Rodgers. Um, that probably wasn't even in their plans if they made a deal that quickly after Rodgers announced that he was going back to a Green Bay. Um, I think just in the eyes of the fans, they figured that. And then they're like, oh, hold on. We're getting another Hall of Fame quarterback.
0: Must be nice. Mm-hmm. Super Bowls, going to Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls. Must it's be nice successful. getting Peyton
1: Manning from Indianapolis, and then ten years later getting Russell Wilson from Seattle.
0: Could you imagine that? Could you imagine cool. having a franchise quarterback like that on your Who roster? We're trying to
1: draft a franchise quarterback. Let's just sign one. Or let's trade for one. Who cares?
0: I think this is a good roster, and I've been ar- I've been arguing with people, you know, for the past couple of days. I think this is a playoff team. I think Russell Wilson has been a little underappreciated the last couple of years. He hasn't finished off the season as strong as he started it. He's going to have to put a, you know, a a full season together for people to really believe. But um, you saw what happened with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, in this kind of system and Aaron Rodgers with obviously Mike LaFleur. um, He excelled and an older quarterback excelled. And I think the same situation is going to happen here uh in in denver and i think this is absolutely a playoff team the division's loaded i get that but i think all three teams make it you know the chargers chiefs and 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 broncos but what i what i did want to kick it to was aaron Rodgers. if you're good with the russell wilson stuff aaron Rodgers is going back to the green bay packers he announced through pat mcafee that he's coming back and then as soon as the russell wilson story breaks which was really funny He then goes out and tweets saying, the number that's being reported for my contract is wrong. I just wanted to come here and say, you know, I can't wait to be back. And he's just playing this up, man. He's playing it up. He needed the attention right back to him when it was stolen when Russell Wilson gets traded. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, he is playing it up. Um, You know, we've been saying it a lot. You know, There's been rumors for about a year now. Um, of where rogers is gonna go right if he's done in green bay where is he gonna retire is he gonna go to jeopardy is he gonna go play quarterback for somebody else um a four-year deal that is uh i know the deal isn't final yet right we're still right. Four, to, four years 200 million but you know that wasn't probably how, in that range right it's probably uh Although I did see something saying it's a team-friendly deal. So I don't know how you could go from $50 million a year to a team-friendly deal. I mean, Well, you know come- that
0: they just move this money around like it doesn't matter. Yeah. They do whatever they want. Yeah, $50 million dollars a year could end up being you – know, they'll come out and say, oh, well, this is just cap-friendly. Yeah, because you push it down the road for 50 years, then maybe um, it is, yeah.
1: And listen, I understand the Packers front office, they didn't expect Aaron Rodgers to – have this type of career trajectory, right? When, when uh, he was in his last year with McCarthy, and then after his first year with LaFleur, you know, having a couple mid-20 touchdown uh, seasons, it didn't really seem like he was ever going to get back to that MVP form. At least they didn't think so, you know. Then they drafted Jordan Love with the concerns about Rodgers' age, and now Rodgers is back to throwing 40-something touchdowns and uh, winning MVPs in back-to-back years. So. You know, they're saying, oh, crap, welcome back, Aaron. And now they're going to have to trade Jordan Love or do whatever they want with him. I mean, you have to trade him. You can't keep the guy in the back. You can't just keep
0: him, especially if it's a four-year deal.
1: And then have him start when he's 28 years old. I mean, that's just absurd. Uh, so, you know, there's a couple teams in need of a quarterback now. The Colts need a quarterback. Heard a little bit about Ryan Tannehill. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Colts. That um, makes
0: the most sense.
1: Uh, possibly Jordan Love to the Colts. Steelers need a quarterback, maybe Jimmy G or Jordan Love for them. Who knows? I think it's going to be really interesting to see the way Jordan Love is perceived by the rest of the league and what kind of package that the Packers can get back for him. Is he worthy of a first-round pick getting traded back? I think that's what you'd have to get for a guy that's going into his third year in the NFL um, and was a first-round pick. But it's going to be hard for the Packers to convince teams and say, hey, listen, this guy's really promising.
0: I think Jordan Love is going to have to be viewed as a, a quarterback in this draft class. Right. And if you feel good about that and you'll, let's say you're at the, you know, late first round selections, you got to make a move to move up and, and go get him and get him on your team. It's very interesting. I mean, because Aaron Rodgers did not become the story that day. You know, it was just like that. A star quarterback switches teams. And now, Cause he's staying on the same team. It kind of became no story.
1: Yeah. I, and there's some older quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett is 23, 24 years old, wherever, whatever he is. Uh, yep. There's not a lot of 21 year old quarterbacks in, in this year's draft and Jordan Love is 23 years old. So yeah, I mean, I get obviously he's going to be eligible for a fifth year option in two years um, and maybe be an unrestricted free agent or whatnot. Uh, right, his timetable in terms of contract and money is different than rookies. He They'll right. have an extra two years on their deal. But when we're just talking about, you know, the future and, and how long guys are going to be sticking around on your team, Jordan Love's 23 years old, so he can be treated just like a rookie.
0: It'd be nice to get him out if possible, if he can. Yep. Get him out. Unless, you know, the, the the number of four years that's being reported is wrong, maybe it's a one or two year extension. And Then you're like, okay, we're going to let this guy learn behind Aaron. And then we'll give him the keys when he's ready to go. And when Aaron's gone.
1: Hey, man. Long day. It's
0: been a long day. One more. I mean, very long long. day for me. What?
1: But we're still rolling.
0: We're still rolling. Two more trades we got to get to before we wrap this up. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts. It's been a long day. Carson went from the Colts to the Commanders, like we brought up before. Um, Washington went after a bunch of different quarterbacks. They called about um, Aaron Rodgers. They offered three first-round picks and more, I believe, to the um, to the Seahawks, and they even went after Derek Carr. And apparently, they made it. They they made a call to the Chiefs about Patrick Mahomes. Not I don't good. know how true that is, but I well, kept saying that. But the commanders now have Russ. Um, excuse me, Russell Wilson. Thank God they don't have Russell Wilson. They have Carson Wentz, who was plan D. And apparently Carson Wentz, you know, they the Colts were willing to just get rid of him like that was because of issues in the locker room and relationships with the front office that they were just fed up with him.
1: Yeah, and that kind of seems like – wow, I'm really cracking right now. Um, That seems like a shocker to me because it really seemed like Carson Wentz was loved by his teammates, um, especially in Philadelphia. Got a lot of defense from his teammates when he was traded and wishing him the best and saying, you know, he's a good guy and whatnot. So uh, definitely interesting to hear that coming out of Indianapolis. I'm here to defend Carson Wentz in terms of his performance on the field because – I've seen a lot of people making fun of the commanders and saying, wow, really, you guys really found your guy, saying that sarcastically, you know, Eagles and Cowboys and Eagles and uh, Colts fans saying, oh, good luck. Carson Wentz, listen, did he have the best year last year? Was he an MVP type guy? No, of course not. I don't think people expected him to be like that. Did He have he a good was year good. For the Colts, though? He did. I mean, I know numbers aren't everything, but having 27 touchdowns and seven picks, that's got to, you know, mean something. Um, And from watching him play last year, he seemed a little more relaxed as a quarterback, right? We saw him his last year in Philadelphia running for his life and, you know, you know, just trying to make that home run play on every single play. Um, But the cold season didn't end up the way they wanted. He didn't play well at all in that last game against the Jaguars. But guess what? Guys had bad games. Um, It was his first year with a new team, right? New coach, new everything, new weapons, whatnot. Um, I think this guy still deserves a chance. I think he's been dealt a bad card in his career. He's been getting a lot of criticism wherever he goes and whatever situation he's in, and I still think that he's got talent and can be a solid quarterback in this league.
0: Yeah, we forget that this guy was so good, so good, and it was it wasn't a long time ago. Uh, and, and for the Commanders, the Commies, as their name is going to be, uh, most likely it should be. No, that's great. It's, it's interesting. Um they have a pretty good roster. So if you think that he, if he did what he did last season for you, do you believe you're in the playoffs? They probably think that. That's probably what they're thinking.
1: Yeah, they, they definitely still have a decent uh, roster to put out there. I mean, some solid players on both sides of the ball. They they just released Landon Collins, you boy.
0: Yeah, that, Dave Gettleman's one thing, good thing that he didn't do. Hey, some
1: Landon Collins. That didn't work out over those past couple of years. Uh, remember Trey Flowers? Huge. Oh, Trey Flowers. Huge yes, free,
0: yes, yes.
1: Huge free agent, end who uh, signed with the Lions when Matt Patricia was the coach, left New England, and was supposed to be really good for them. Uh, and it he, didn't really saw, he signed better. that
0: same year as... Either Saquon was drafted or one of those no, years no, no, no. when we signed
1: Solder. It was sixteen. Oh, it might have been, been because that I think it was Darnold's. I think it was Darnold's rookie year.
0: Yeah, so, so it was that's the same uh, drive
1: class as Saquon.
0: Yeah, and that was a while ago. I remember Trey Flowers.
1: That doesn't feel like a while ago, though, man. I mean, it five. shouldn't,
0: but it is. Yeah. Time flies. And finally, the last trade, Khalil Mack. This is quick. Khalil Mack to the Chargers for a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick. I'm going to guess the Chargers are going to take up all the money here on this contract, but the Chargers pair up Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on each side of the field. Each side. Every tackle has to deal with this from now on. It's an arms race in the AFC West. You have all these great quarterbacks, and now you see a team already has a fantastic young quarterback now adds to this with a stellar guy on defense if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, you got got um, all these great quarterbacks, and you also have all these great pass rushers. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Max Crosby, Chris Jones, and now
0: – Von Miller. Uh,
1: that's exactly what I was going to say. Von Miller keeps hinting at a return to the Broncos, saying are they still going to have his, his, his locker when he gets back? So it's
0: weird this uh, it's, this is weird it's it feels fishy to me.
1: It is weird. um, why would he
0: be saying all this? I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not under contract with somebody, but it's weird.
1: It's very weird. uh but yeah, a lot a lot of good pass rushers in that division, and it just keeps big names just keep on coming over.
0: This was a fun episode. We had a lot to talk about. We're running on low fumes, but I think we got... I you? Think it looks we like you're everything.
1: about to fall asleep right now.
0: Well, yeah. My eyes have like shrunk a little bit. I'm awake, but I'm barely awake. Yeah. Um. Listen. I don't want to be tone deaf to everything going on in the world. It's not great. But I am very happy that we do have baseball back and that... Our sports world here is so bright. Is. the future is bright.
1: It's an entertainment business. It's like it's a getaway from all that stuff. It doesn't mean that you know whatever when we, talk we shouldn't about be unhappy going on in the world and you know obviously with Ukraine and Russia and what and whatever else is going on. Ah, uh, that that's less important. It just means that we want to think about this stuff because, uh, you know,
0: this is happiness.
1: Life's hard, and we need a we need a break.
0: Well, for episode fifty-seven. Until next time, when I'm sure it'll be insane with the moves that we see.
1: And there goes the is episode.
0: down on the floor. Third time. First time it ever fell on the floor.
1: I think that's the first three timer that we have had in the history of the show.
0: No way! It's oh, real quick.
1: Before we yeah. End, What is your opinion on this whole wheels and doors debate?
0: I just found out about it like an hour ago.
1: Oh, okay. It's been going on for like three weeks now, but welcome back. Yeah,
0: I I guess I'm uncultured. Um, So we're
1: talking like, so a door is anything that opens to something else. Yeah. And the wheel is anything, right? Like little hot wheels, you know, bottom of a chair, wheelie chairs. Anything like that, right? Anything that's a Um, circle that can, you know, roll. I'm gonna
0: say wheels.
1: Yeah, I've I've hopped around on this. I think I'm on the wheel side now. But I really hope that one day we can find out the actual answer. I don't know how. I don't think
0: you'll ever figure out the actual answer.
1: I'm not sure how that can be done, but if we can, I mean, listen, we're sending we can send people to the moon and and build these electric cars and, and do whatever we want. I think we should be able to find that out now.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're ever going to, I'm going to say wheels though, but I, I may change it by next episode. Unfortunate. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time.